Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We have merch. Check out the AmericanGlutton.net shop. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. A number of people have come up to me wearing American Glutton merch, and nothing fills my heart with more pride than seeing somebody in one of these T-shirts. And I've been stopped on the street and asked where to get it when somebody sees me in an American Glutton hoodie. Well, you can get it all at the shop on AmericanGlutton.net. And my favorite T-shirt, yesterday it was tomorrow, right now, is up now Get it while supplies last. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show... Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on the show, my old friend Charlie Talbert. He is an actor who I have known for almost 30 years. You can find him on Instagram at Charlie Talbert Performer. Charlie Talbert, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Ethan, thanks for having me, brother. It's good to see you, dude. I haven't seen you in a while. It has been exactly a couple days. A bunch of years. <laughs> right, exactly. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I was actually going down memory lane uh, by listening to your podcast. I was listening to like Patrick Renna and Wilford Dell and those guys. And then I was thinking about Blake Soper. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy saved my life one night. Did he? Yeah, he absolutely did. I was uh, feeling terrible about something. Oh, I, I lost a couple jobs in a row because of the way I looked, because right. I wasn't thin enough. And uh, I, I, I was, God, I must have been in my late teens, and I was going to do it, man. I was going to get rid of me. Oh, Jesus. Sitting in Sully's off of Van Nuys, and it's like 11 something at night. Got the, the weapon of choice, if you will, and I'm going to have my last meal. And Blake pulls in with a buddy, and he sees me, and he starts talking to me. He's like, we work together on um, 
the movie. And uh, he's like, hey, man, my sister, she just got her eye jabbed with a pencil or something. And I got to go take care of her down in San Diego. I need a road dog. I'm not going to make the drive. And I left the weapon of choice there wrapped up and told the uh, waitress there was something in the chair there. If she could get rid of it. And got wow. And that was it. And then years later, I saw Riley Kiley performing. And my buddy Todd Gibbenheim, a huge fan of theirs, took me to go see him. And I saw Blake and I told him, I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate you for being you. That's amazing. Okay. What year did we meet in? 94, 95? Yeah. You auditioned for Angus, right? We met yeah. all the way there. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been October. No, that would have been August of 90, September, September of 94. September of 94, 1994, Charlie, we're, we're, that's 29 years ago. Dude. Yeah, man. And you know what? Every time I've seen you since, it feels like the first time because you're awesome people. And it's like, oh, a good guy. And you learn. So you're, you're super smart, by the way. <laughs> I, I just want you to know, like every time I've hung out with you, I've like learned little tidbits about just life in general. It's awesome. Like whether it's in the audition room or whatever. It's like, so I was like, hey, cool. I'm more of a street smarts kind of guy. Right. Well, okay. You said you lost out on some movies because of your size. So is that is that weird? Because Angus was meant to be heavy. Right, right. And right after Angus, there was a movie called The Mighty. That one I didn't lose because of my size. I, I lost it because of my general look with the main character that they got. But the second one was a TGIF show. And I got cast to play the bully. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was called Teen Angel. And uh, we do the run-throughs, we did the table reads, and then we do the final run-throughs for producers. And basically, they, they came to me, my agent came to me, and they're like, look, they don't like your body shape. They want somebody that's like a little more chiseled and looks tougher and basically in the body. And I was like, okay, okay, I can handle this. <laughs> yeah, right. And I did right. not handle it well at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I only lost roles for being too small. Really? Which is, which is another side of the fucking weird way Hollywood works, you know? And, and by the way, I can't say that I know of one that I can pick one off the top of my head, but I have had casting directors, you know, because my weight has fluctuated so radically. Right. There was a point where a cat where I got a job and the casting director said, I'm so glad we knew you were heavy again because we didn't want to see you. We thought you were too thin. And and I was like, oh, OK, well, okay. I guess I'm glad I'm heavy again, too. I'm you know, happy this, to be here. this has worked for me somehow. Yeah, I thought I was the only one that suffered with that. I can't tell you how much how many times in an audition I've went in with fishing wire around my neck to make myself look fatter. Right. A layer progression of clothes. I did that for, uh, I went out for Varsity Blues in three different iterations for Billy. Yeah. And Ron was a good friend. And uh, the last one was the MTV version of it. And I was the narrator of the show. And I had to keep going into this room at MTV, Mary Jo Slater. I keep going into this room, keep going in. They're auditioning somebody in Canada on like TV. They're, what is it? Uh, the um, kind of like Skype. And right. they're watching his performance and they bring me in and they're like, you adjust to this. And I did that. And then they hired me and I said, great. And then as they hired me in the room, I cut the fishing wire off my neck and then I pulled my clothes off down to my underwear. And I said, can you work with my real size 
or do I have to keep doing this? Right. And they were like, no, we can work with it. Of course, the show got canceled that day after oh after we signed God. contracts, so we got paid. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's a it's a fickle business. It but is I'm feeling a good business. now. Okay, good. You're feeling good now. How? What's the other day we were talking? You were heading to the gym. What? What? What is your attitude about your body today, dude? I gotta tell you. So, um, I think it was uh, July. I, I knew the strike was coming up, and I had some work to finish up in New York. And I, I just got done um, working for uh, Coppola. I just worked on Megalopolis. Amazing. And and I was very very excited that this all happened and that was a fluke that I got that so I was trying to get in whatever little work I could get and I I I said you know what I'm tired of being like this like tired all the time I'm tired of being like low energy bummed out about things you know I know the strike's coming what can I do to like bring my energy up and as I was heading back down from uh, New York I realized I had only had five cigarettes the entire drive I don't like to fly so I was like I don't really need to smoke anymore. And I had been trying to quit before that. So I just kind of stopped at the gas station, took my cigarettes, the whole pack pretty much, and just threw it away and said, yeah, I can smoke whenever I want to. I just don't want to. And I haven't had one since July 5th. I haven't, I haven't wow, that's amazing. And then like a couple of days after getting home, uh, J.D. Evermore, who you worked with on um, uh, with the oil. Uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, uh, Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, yeah, Deepwater Horizon. And uh, JD's my neighbor, and JD's like, uh, I'm going to go to the gym. You want to go with me? And I was like, oh, my God. I used to go to the gym all the time. I loved going to the gym because I I, I had a chance to hang out with uh, Farley just before he passed. And I was doing his brother's TV show, and I did in my impersonation of Chris, for Chris. And he's like, ah, kid, you're going to make me lose my job. I was like, stop it. And he said to me, he goes, just so you know, make sure they're laughing with you, not laughing at you. And that kind of stuck with me, you know. So I would go to the gym a lot before I moved to Louisiana, which is where I live now. And I forgot about it. And I forgot about the endorphins and and basically just feeling good, the serotonin that comes from going to the gym. And I went with JD and I went for the hour and I was like, that's it. And I ordered a bunch of clothes and I have been going three to four days a week since you know, July, and I feel like a million bucks. Like, I used to, I, I talked to you about this uh, after that weird dream I had where we were on set together. I was like, dude, I, I feel comfortable wearing white T-shirts now, and I have never felt comfortable. As a man with, like, you know, boobs, essentially, I've never felt comfortable with a white T-shirt. Um, and I go to the gym in, like, the white armor, like, you know, spandex shirts, and I feel good. Yeah, and I don't feel self confident about you know self conscious about what's going on here because everything's broadened and like I feel great, but I'm still maintaining my weight. Right, and I've always been between since you've known me, three thirty five and three hundred five. Yeah, and and then there was a time that I had lost a bunch of weight, which I sent you a picture in your Instagram, where I was like, okay, I love this girl. There was this girl that I was totally in love with, and I was like, I want to get thin. I want to impress her. So I started doing 3,000 crunches a day, 1,000 in the morning, 1,000 in the afternoon. And then I would only eat carbs twice a week, you know, and then I would just mow down on whatever I could, you know, burgers wrapped in lettuce and this terrible version of the Atkins diet. I was just winging it. <laughs> and I, I could throw on a large from Urban Outfitters with like room. And I was like, this is great. But it, it didn't match me. 
it didn't feel like me. I didn't like me. I didn't like my personality. It did not fit the mold. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah no. When I I got I got like legitimately thin at one point and was so uncomfortable. Like. Right. What made you uncomfortable? Like, what was it that? I just felt small, like my, my, this, my sense of my sense of myself in space and time didn't match up to the reality. And I felt like, you know, like, imagine if you had a dream and you just woke up to be a smaller version of yourself and, and like my depth perception was off. It was very weird. It just did. It just was like, this isn't right. And, and, you know, like, I have like health as a, as a a metric I'm interested in now. And I have kids and a grandkid and like, so like I want to be around for them for a while, but I still do not have the desire to be modelish girlishly thin, modelly thin, whatever it is. Like, you know, I, I like being a large guy. And you're, you're a bit, you're, you're a bit taller too, right? Cause I'm six, two, you're six. I'm, I'm, I'm six, six foot. Yeah, you 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 but you've got good height about you. Yeah. So losing that weight, it just feels like there's something missing, and I, I to me it was because I think I molded my personality around my size, and it was always, I mean, you know me, I'm I, I've always been the gregarious type, and really that was only because of the way I physically looked and felt about my body. Honestly, if I could just be in a group of people and not talking, and just enjoying something else, I you know yeah yeah no it's a lot of effort to be the big guy true and there's like an expectation that that i think comes from that and it's a little scary because in the business that we are in what we look like almost defines us from the start and then we redefine as they meet us and as we work and as we put ourselves out there and they're like oh no there's more to this guy than you know Fat guy fall down, go boom. Fat guy be big guy size, you know, fat guy protector. You know, there's there's all of that that's coming into play. And I'm only now realizing that and coming to terms with that as a performer. But still, I would tell you, so when I was working on uh, on that last project for, for Coppola, the mustache that I've been rocking now for the last, I don't know, four, five, seven years <laughs> has solely been a character choice. Right. Because it looks more empathetic <laughs> and people are looking at my face more than my body. It took me 25 minutes for me to agree to shave my mustache when I was standing in front of the costume designer. She designed clockwork oranges look. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I really, this I need this more this than is, I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You and, guys are going to miss this when it's gone. Right. And I did it. I got rid of it. And to much to my, my happiness but my mental chagrin for those few minutes where i was like i'm losing the one thing you know i'm losing that one thing that's my edge being a lovable big guy well i i feel that way about my beard uh you know aging a bit i'm almost 50 and uh having lost uh, almost 300 pounds which is quite a bit i'm still very big but i've i've lost nearly 300 pounds I have a lot of loose skin around my face. And so me clean shaven, I think I don't recognize my face. It's, it's, it's horrific. And I, I was doing a video game of all things a few years ago, and I agreed to do this video game and I went in 
and we were getting set up and they were like, well, you have to shave. And I was like, I'm not shaving. There's no way I'm shaving. And they said, no, no, none of this works with facial hair. We're capturing, we're going to paint dots on your face and the cameras cannot pick out every single hair and it just becomes a blur. So you have to shave. And that was traumatizing for me. And even when I go back and look at the pictures of myself from around then, I'm like upset. I I, I can't believe you shaved your mustache. Good for you. You know, it was the opportunity, obviously, of a lifetime. I mean, yeah, I shaved my beard and it was not for Coppola. So I I feel like a little bit more of a whore than than you were. I'd shave my beard for Coppola for sure. It, you know, it was it was one of those things, though, though that you're right. It's like, I don't feel like myself. There's so much about the the, the self image, and, and I find that going to the gym, the you know three to four times a week, it's not making me feel um, like oh my gosh, you're doing it. This is amazing, you know. And by the way, you are part of my inspiration for thank for you. continuing to go. So no, 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 thank you because I've always looked up to you, you know, uh, as a performer, and. Um, it's, it's one of those things, and as a person, obviously, but it's one of those things where doing that, it it fills the need instead of having chocolate. It fills the need instead of having a little chocolate with my Red Bull. It fills the need with just like a little chocolate in my Red Bull and maybe a pizza for dinner and like not moving for like, you know, whatever, an entire series of a show. Will be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it feels good. And I start my day that way. I, I wake up and I immediately go to the gym. I'm just like, you know, I, obviously I bathe if I have to, but I go right to the gym and I'm just like, come on, man. Just, and, and it also quells some of the things like not working for like six, seven months. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what? You're being productive. You're keeping this positive energy going. And, you know, and, and you'll see me like your posts and stuff like that for American Glutton because I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's right. Health, whatever it is health and nobody's perfect that energy that you're taking in and putting out that works in the brain too yeah no i agree it's it's a it's a weird thing the way we imagine ourselves and and i do i do think there's something to this point where you know like i lost a lot of weight and and was not happy you know there's other there's like so many factors that that I wasn't thinking about with weight loss, loose skin was a bummer. Just being super small, being like of quote unquote, like average or normal size. I was uncomfortable. I, I wanted to be larger. And so I had to figure out how do I do that? Um, but I think you can like have this idea of like, I want to lose weight and then be unhappy with it and go like, I'm not doing this. Why am I putting effort into something that's making me unhappy? You know? Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is because we think to me, it's like, Oh, the outcome is going to be greater than how I'm feeling. You know, this is fine. I'll just eat this. Can I, I'll eat this shit. Pie. Yeah. 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 And it's going to be, it's going to be great when I come out the other end and it's never great. And it's never great. And then like, what you're doing where you're just going to the gym to feel better, you know, exercise is like from every study I've read on exercise, it is the best drug known to man. So like we're just, just feeling better. It's going to make you healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's okay. There doesn't have to be more than that. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not, 
let me put it this way. I would say in that respect, since I've never tried any other drugs in my life, I would say that working out <laughs> is the best one of those drugs that I've tried. Right. <laughs> and that's, it really is better than anything. It's better than a lot of things. So in some ways, it's better than booking the role. Yeah. In some ways, it's better than, you know, just what it is, is, is for me, it's a, a sense of accomplishment Yeah. that I wouldn't get otherwise, you know, and I'm still living the bachelor life you know i'm actually living with one of my best friends in louisiana and the next move is new york but it's one of those things where it's like what do i want to feel like when i move to new york what do i want to be who do i want to enter when i want to do stage work as an actor and things how do i want to feel who do i want to look like and i still want to look like me but i want to feel way better than i've ever felt before and for me this is the way yeah yeah that that's amazing dude i'm, I'm really glad that you that you're doing that for the reasons that you're doing it. You know, I do, I do think people can, and I only say this because it was my experience and because I've spoken to people who do this, who, who go into the gym with the, you know, the idea of killing themselves every day or the, not literally, but like, you know, leave it all there. You know, if you're not destroying yourself in the gym, what's the point? Um, or this idea of like some radical physical transformation, you know, we see a lot of um, images in social media of guys with bodies that are like uh, genetic and drug enhanced. And and oh, it's yeah. like, if that's the goal, like that's, that's, that's not a realistically attainable goal. Number one. And number two, it's so hard. And then, Number three, how happy are you going to be when you get there? I've gotten super lean and maintained muscle, and it fucking sucks, dude. I was about to say, you got to maintain alone. Oh, my God. It's a nightmare getting super lean. It's, it's like, horrible. All you're thinking about is food all the time. And then, like, to to get a picture, that one picture, the last week, you're like, over drinking water for five days and then not drinking water or eating any salt so that your body purges it. So you look really tight. And like my blood pressure was so low, I would almost pass out doing this photo shoot. And then like on the day where I was like, oh, my God, this is the body I want to I want to have forever. I gained nine pounds that day because it's none of it's real. You know what I mean? It's all just for to take a picture or, or something like that. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Right. Right. You know, I, I, I thought about that, you know, you, you, you talk about the, the skin, having extra skin from all the weight loss, especially having it over a period of time, because like when I got skinny, when, when you saw those pictures, um, there was this skin. I was just like, what do I do with this? Do I want to get this surgery removed or do I want to be me and just be comfortable and, not kill myself you know right. health wise yeah and and yeah I, I get that it's like okay well what do i want to look like at the end of the week yeah that's fantastic but what can i look like and feel really happy about being that's not going to kill me to keep doing it like i said i i when i said i quit smoking it literally was like i told myself you know what i can have a cigarette if i want right now i could go outside have a cigarette and it's fine i don't want a cigarette i, don't, right. I haven't wanted a cigarette at all and that's kind of what I'm doing with the gym is I'm telling myself, I'm not going to be some Greek Adonis. What I'm going to be is some dude that feels good about himself when he leaves. You know, I, I, I worked with um, I worked with Kevin Smith uh, about a, less than a month before he had his heart attack. My roommate 
And he also had a heart attack. He passed, sadly. You know, and it was one of those things where when that happened with Kevin, uh, having just seen him, having always, you know, like one of my first self-tapes actually was from Mallrats. Really? Yeah, I, did. I think it was for Brody, you know. And and I was like, okay, this is cool. It's great meeting him. And then he, you know, I sent him a message when he was in, I think it was in Glendale or whatever. And I was just thinking, you know, I'm so much bigger than him, you know. And then when when my roommate passed, he was so much leaner than me but he was going right back into exercising as if he'd been exercising since he was in an nfl football player. right and i'm like you can't do that you can't go in there and give it like a thousand and ten percent you got to slow roll your body into it and i said you know what i'm gonna from that point you know when when that happened with uh, kevin i was like okay i'm gonna be okay i just need to be a little bit healthier with how i eat and how this happened and then when my roommate passed, and that was in March. Um, I he had, a, he had a heart attack, and and I didn't. It was one of those things where it was a wake up call about, hey man, how are you really taking care of yourself? All of it, you yeah. know, because you can't just take care of one without the other, you know. And I think the gym thing, and telling myself in the morning before you know I get up, I grab a, a like a bar, like some sort of nutrition bar or whatever, and I I hit the gym. If I do that and I wake up into a workout, you know, <laughs> I'm going to feel good starting out the rest of my day. And I'm going to be a lot healthier than I than I ever was going to be waking up, doing my day and then going to the gym and then relaxing. I need to start out with those endorphins. I need to start out with that good vibe. And it kind of changes the motion of my day. Yeah, it changes how good that day really is going to be. Maybe the in my mind, it changes just the good vibes coming my way from my agent, you know? Right. Um, but I think about people that have due to size and what have you that have suffered. And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. If I die and want it to be because, you know, I stepped out into traffic or I did something silly, you know, that's how I want it to be. I don't want it to be, you know, on me that I did something wrong to me and I let me go and I forgot me. Yeah, it's 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 one of those really difficult things to remember. You know, I have it with. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Food and the gym, where I feel like I, I, I'm just so programmed to, you know, for maybe the majority of my life, I, I simply followed my most base instincts. I want to do drugs. I'm going to do drugs. I want to eat this food. I'm going to eat this food. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm not going to get out of bed. And there wasn't a lot of pushback from myself on myself. And now when I wake up and set a goal, which is always for me, get to the gym, um, you know, six days a week, even when I'm like, no, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that right now. (laughs) There's the, there's the other part where it's like, you're gonna feel better. Even if it's even if you're just going to feel better because there's some part of you that's saying you should do this and then you do it and that makes you feel better. You know what I mean? Like my wife likes the bed made. If I sleep later than her and I wake if 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 she's the last one in bed, the bed's always made. I've never heard her bitch or moan about making the bed. I just get go back in my room at some point and the bed is made perfectly. And for me, when I sleep later, which isn't that often, but it happens sometimes and she's gone or she's out about doing her day and I get out of bed and I'm confronted with this mess. There's part of me that's like, I don't want to make the bed, but I know that the minute I start and finish, I will feel like I've accomplished something, which is bizarre. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing for the gym. And then you add on top of that, the endorphins or whatever physiologically is happening just by moving your body. And it's like, it's just a better way for me to start my day. I don't go in there. Like I want to hurt myself, which I have done in the past. I want to, you know, set some PR so I can have some number in my head and I'm going to be proud. I bench pressed X amount and I'm this animal or I'm going to build this massive chest. No, Right now, I go to the gym because I'm going to feel better. That's it. Right. And I right. still have to talk myself into it. Right. But do you find that it always wins out? Always. You know? And it I, always wins out because yeah. there's no example in your head you go back to and you're like, it was terrible when I went to the gym that day. It was right. never terrible. It was Whether never it's terrible. From your wife, from Brandy making the bed, you know, or it's, it's just the smile from leaving the gym. Or somebody looking over going, dude, great work, you know? Yeah. Your fellow gym mates alone, you know? It's just like there's there's a sense of camaraderie. There's there's no you lost from going to the gym. Right. <laughs> there's just no you lost, and I get that. No, yeah, I will, other than, you know, my kids are away at school, so I'm mostly alone. My wife has a job, so I don't see her all day. But, like, on an average day, the only interaction I will have with other people other than my wife is people at the gym. And even then, you know, it's not like we're talking about a whole lot, but it's nice to see another person and say hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're on strike now. Like, it's fucking crazy that we're we're like, there's no work to do. There's nothing. We, we just have to ride it out. And like, what a great time to pick up something like going to the gym. Exactly. And that that was another like precursor to like, what do I do with this time? During the pandemic, the first thing I did was I I, I got together with a buddy of mine and we wrote a, a cartoon and then I got all my friends to come in and do voices and I put it together like a big Zoom meeting. And I was like, this is great and creative and this is fantastic. And then I wrote a pilot 
when this book this guy gave me, and this was fantastic. This time I was like, dude, you, do you, because you did all that stuff before, not because you're creative, what? It's because you wanted to sit down and smoke a bunch and have a lot of coffee, which I don't drink as much now that I don't smoke. And it's like, you just wanted to be creative. No, you didn't. You wanted to eat and be like, oh, I did something with my day. And you know what? God bless writers and stuff, but I'm not that guy. I really am. I just like being silly. But in this case, it was like, do something for you, dude. Yeah. Make you feel good. And you don't have to like, I weigh exactly the same amount that I weighed when I started going to the gym. But man, do I not feel that way. I mean, like I have muscles. I haven't had muscles in a long, long time. You know, I, I, I don't have like a cleavage that's pronounced, you know, it's like, I feel good. You know, and that's all I was going for with this. And it's everybody has different goals, but yeah. it's also seeing those people and seeing it at the gym and seeing that they're accomplishing something, too, because there's people that are there every day that I go in. Yeah. I'm just like, that's cool. That's great. That's cool that you're doing that. And they're super friendly. They're, you know, they're, they look intense, but when you talk to them, it's like, oh, hey, what's up? Man? Nicest people. Yeah. Yeah, going through the grind. I was like, exactly. Right. Well, and they're there for the same reason. I mean, ultimately, people are at the gym feeling better. That people aren't there to to hurt themselves for the most part. You know, maybe there's a couple masochists in there, but for the most part, everybody recognizes like we're all doing the same thing. You know, it's like if you go to church and you see people at church, you're not going to assume that they're at church for a different reason than you. You're all going to this place trying to achieve something that's in the, in the same ballpark, at least. Exactly. You know, and, and finding that, I didn't think the first time I went, it was like, I just want to do something, you know, you know, with JD. The first time I went, I was like, I just want to, I just want to do something. And then little did I know, every time I went, it was just like, yeah, there's not a bad time. I didn't come home from the gym. Even when I was sore in the very beginning, a lot, you know, I was just like, this is good. This is good. This yeah. is hilarious that I can't put a spoon in my mouth because my biceps are so big, you know, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Turning my throat, bro. Yeah. 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 So no. I, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort um, that I put into this for myself, which makes me appreciate myself a bit more. You know, and that's that sense of confidence too. You know, I've had a few auditions here or there for during the interim agreement stuff. Right. But just to work out and do that and have that different sense of me while I was doing tapes, stuff like that. Now I'm just going to, I've decided, you know, in the next couple months is I'm going to just pick audition parts that I would want to do from films that are already, already have been done. And I'm going to do that and see what this different self-confidence brings you know, am I going to be gimmicky or am I going to be honest with the work that I'm putting out there? And I think that's always been my biggest problem is fat man, fall down, go boom. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I want to be the guy that auditioned for Hanks, you know, the sensation. Do, do you think that is like a disguise or a distraction or do you know what I mean? Like, is that is because I have versions of that too, where it's like, I don't want you to see what I think you're seeing. So I'm going to show you something else. A thousand percent. And, and it's kind of like a bug toward the windshield, isn't it, Ethan? I mean, you're just like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I did it. Why did I do that? How do I get out of 
No, and and I think once you get into the habit of that, that's just what you go to. You know what I mean? For 30 years. Yeah. For 30 years, you know, and and there's times when I've been more recently uh, since I moved to the southeast um, and I I work in L.A. and I work in New York and stuff like that. I keep a place here and there. And it's just one of those things where it's like I have found myself being more honest. Um. But still, there's another level that I'm trying to that I that I know that I can get to by going to the gym, by being better to myself, by realizing that it doesn't matter what everybody else feels about. It matters what I feel about me, whether I'm auditioning, whether I'm interacting with people or whether I'm just being me and I'm just going for a walk in my neighborhood or I'm out on a boat or something like that. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I have to trust that me is good enough for all of these things because me got me here yeah you know even though some of that was blatantly a lie as an, a performer as a funny man fat you know fat guy fall down go boom i knew what i was doing and i i did like you said i orchestrated that yeah and i'm mad at myself for doing that but i'm realizing how to turn that around just from focus time you know yeah. maybe on the treadmill or the steps you know just that focus time going, think about it, dude. If I get an audition, I always go to the gym beforehand. Because not only am I working that out, my brain is working itself out. And I'm like, those endorphins are kicking in and I'm, the serotonin's kicking in. And I'm just like, hey, this feels good. This feels good. Be smaller. That feels good too. You know? And then I go and I trust myself when I, when I go to work. Yeah. I, I really do believe that we are... I don't believe we're ever static. I, I think we're either evolving or we're regressing. I really do. And 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 I think that for me, and it sounds like for you too, just 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 maintaining is progressing because for forever there was the the idea of being able to maintain my weight was impossible. You know, like just that alone, I was always gaining weight uh in a in a really pretty fast manner and so just finding some situation where i'm like no i'm happy with myself like i don't have anxiety about my body in the way that i used to and i go to the gym because it makes me feel better and this is great that is totally moving in the right direction for me right yeah yeah Amen. I, as you're talking, you know, like I said, I was listening to a, a few of the later episodes of your show, and what I was hearing was certain things that I was recognizing. Even when uh, the last interview I listened to was you and Will, the things we were doing to maintain in those times and how we were feeling, I don't need that anymore. Uh, you know, and I wish I'd know. <laughs> you know, I wish I knew now what it, you know yeah. then what I know now. And I would, you know, even when I was going to the gym a bunch back in the day, that was before my transition to moving out here. And I was doing all these weird comedies where it's like, well, you like, you like me, I'm funny, you know. And I realized when I came out here, I was like, that's not who I want to be. And then uh, when I met with the, my agent down here, uh, Fiona, I started, to, her and LT, I started talking to them. And I said, look, I don't want to be picked because i'm fat i just want to be picked because i'm charlie i'm your average guy i'm the guy that's going through this stuff how do we get there and i even had to adjust that too 
most of the roles that I auditioned for when I first came out here were 50 to 60 year old by my request. Wow. And I started booking because when I started going out for stuff in my range, all they wanted was that Charlie. Yeah. And I, so I said, why don't, like, why don't we let them see what I can do in more serious roles? And then I ended up booking other roles because of it, because I wasn't coming in and reading for that stuff. And that was the trickiest part was breaking mold because really this is what I do. You know, this is what we do. This is what we do for a living lifeblood, our heart, our passion, you know, and if we feel good going into it, oh my God, Are you kidding? Yeah. just waiting for this interview to start for the first two seconds, I was like, Oh, how's everything? And then I was like, dude, it's Ethan. He's always been dope. <laughs> we're, like, we're just chatting. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're just chatting. It's not a callback. You're just hanging out with your bro. I was like, all <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. That happened in the span of like five seconds, all yeah. of those emotions. And I was like, yeah, okay. Be you, dude, you know, and just have fun, you know. And I come out of the gate strong with like the heaviest story I possibly could. But it's because it's like, you know, this is what's leading me to this moment here where it's like we're chatting. We're talking about how to be healthy with yourself and your mind and your body. And uh, I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that story. I didn't know that about Blake. And that's very touching. He he was always such a sweet guy. He is such a sweet guy. I saw him this year, I think. Yeah. I saw him this year for the first time in many years. And and um uh i'm it's just nice when you when you hear about somebody you think highly of to to get even more you know what i mean it was weird i gotta tell you when i when i when i talked to him about it it was definitely like a shock to his system to come at somebody like that but i didn't know if i was ever gonna have another chance you know from that movie to seeing him years later at the i can't remember what it zen garden or something no spaceland in uh in uh los feliz and it was just like, yeah, I gotta tell you, dude, you did a you did a mitzvah for me, and it's heavy stuff. But thank you, you know, for being you, yeah. because I'm here now, and I get to do all this stuff, and I get to enjoy these people. And now I'm really getting to enjoy myself. Yeah, Charlie, that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation, dude. This has been my pleasure and my honor. All right, talk to you soon. Page Dorian Productions, welcome back to the American Glutton Podcast. This is the addendum. This is the addendum. It's a pleasure to be a part of the addendum. Okay, so the last time we talked, you were contemplating many things. Yes. Where'd you land? After a lot of contemplation, I decided to go through with getting a prescription for a semaglutide called Manjaro. Okay. That's trinzepatide, I think. That's what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm super educated on the topic. No, no. I just decided to, yeah, I decided to go through with one of these. um, And I definitely had a lot of back and forth about doing it or not to the point where even when I picked up the prescription where, um, you know, I just was talking to myself, like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Then I went down a road of possible side effects and reading all this stuff. And I went to bed that night thinking, there's no way I'm doing this. I just wasted money. Like, I'll just sell this. Like, I don't know what I thought. Like, I was in a state. (laughs) And then the next morning, for some reason, I just completely changed my mind, took it out of the fridge, shot it in my leg. Wow. 
Okay, great. Well, let's talk about... Um... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Let me just present hypotheses to you, hypotheticals. Um, Is there any fear or inclination on your part that that is the only change you're going to make, the addition of this drug? No. And I can tell you after your next question or two the changes I have already made and what I'm practicing and what I, what I'm deciding to use this as. Okay, great. Yeah, let's hear them. What are you tell doing? You yeah, but I mean, listen, my, I, you know, I don't think this is something. Looking at you, knowing you, this is not something you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Absolutely not. And so, what is the what is the safeguard for when you come off of it? Basically, is yes. what I'm asking. So this is what I've gotten to so far. I feel like I'm beginning a new, I have decided I am beginning a new phase of my life. I am using it as a tool to turn off the cravings, the food noise, all the lack of discipline, all the things I've been running into so that I can start to build healthy habits that when I come off of it, and that is a whole other thing of like, how do you do that? And da, 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 I'm not at that place yet. But when I come off of it, I want to move into and stay with the new habits that I'm creating now. And so I will tell you, since pretty much the moment I took it, I have not been hungry, dare I say, at all. Really? It is wild. But... Um, I have eaten every day. I have eaten three balanced meals. I'm talk. I've talked myself out of whatever habits of like carbs are bad. Da, da, da. Like I'm just having balanced meals. For example, eggs and some oatmeal in the morning. Lunch. I've had chicken and a sweet potato and some veggies. Like I am going against my normal habit of dieting to say no carbs, this and that. I can only, I'm not doing that. 
So I am, it's been about 10 days. And so I'm just working on three meals a day for right now. Water, like every, every day with maybe the exception of one, I've had all the water I'm supposed to have. I'm taking my vitamins. Like I'm just using it and I have to force myself to eat that because I am not hungry. It's crazy. Um, but I'm just, that's like, my goal is to get that into a regular, you know, regularity and then start adding in exercise and then start, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. And I will just say, I've had no, I mean, I read all about all the potential side effects and thus far I have not experienced any adverse feelings. Like I had a headache for four minutes one day. I felt nauseous for five minutes another day. Who's to say that was even from it? You know what I mean? Like I'm just paying extra attention, but I'm very lucky. Knock on wood. I have not experienced anything wild and crazy. Right. Okay, good. So let's check in again and just see how it's going and what you're doing and how it is, you know? Yeah, I will. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not weighing myself because I'm traveling. And so I just can't, which is also wonderful because I could see myself obsessing on the scale and I'm not doing that. I will not be able to weigh myself by the time I get home. I will have been on it for three weeks. And so that's when I'll weigh myself. And you won't, won't have been near a scale for three weeks. Correct. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So right. there you go. Well, then we'll do a check-in. Maybe we do a, the next check-in when you get home. Yeah, we can totally do that. And I just want to say I appreciate everybody who listened to our chat on this podcast and wrote me the nicest notes and just want to say I really appreciate that. Awesome. All right. Well, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. And now for the Q&A. Here is a question from Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Cameron says, Ethan, after hearing you talk about your childhood and being restricted, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on how to help a child who overeats. My nine-year-old son overeats whenever he can. He's also already struggling with body dysmorphia. I'm at a loss on how to help him without furthering his body dysmorphia. Feels like a failure as a father since I struggle with these same issues myself. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. Or you could point me in an episode that discusses childhood nutrition. Yeah, kids are really, really tough. And I don't know, I, I, would, I would really try to, to as much as possible, not put the kid's attention on it. And then whatever changes you could make that are not going to be within his awareness, you could make those changes. Are you guys... Do you have, are you, you know, at nine, he's not really making his meals, I wouldn't think. I don't think I was cooking at nine. I don't think any of my kids were really cooking at nine. So, you know, are you serving him lots of fruits and vegetables lean proteins and, you know, carbohydrates that aren't just sugar and highly palatable? I think if that is my instinct with kids is that we present them the food that they're going to eat. And, and like, you know, there are lots of instances where we have to say no to our kids I've been to Disneyland with my kids and heard the pitch for why they needed all the toys and all the sugar. And, and there's going to be a lot of no's and, you know, at 11, no, it was even younger than that. At nine, Clementine wanted her own apartment. And this was a very serious conversation where she presented my wife and I with options of apartments we could rent for. (laughs) And, and like, we just said, we, you know, we kind of like, we're like, that's, 
so ridiculous and tried to reason with her a little bit of like, how are you going to get to school? Well, you're going to have to come pick me up and take me to school. And what if we're late to work? Well, then, you know, you know, she had it all figured out. So I understand, like, there are going to be foods that will be more difficult for a nine-year-old to overeat, like celery. How, how, how much celery can that kid overeat? How many apples can he overeat? How much chicken breasts can he overeat? Now, maybe he's the one kid who's going to sit and dig into chicken breasts until he's blue in the face. But I would suspect, Cameron, that in your house, there are a lot of foods that are going to be really easy to overeat or that you're serving him foods that are really easy to overeat or that he has access to foods that are really easy to overeat. And then and then we get back to square one where then it becomes a thing of like having to have a conversation and reasoning with a nine-year-old on why they shouldn't be doing something that they don't maybe have the wherewithal to analytically choose not to do at this point. So I would say without making a big deal out of it to him, you know, I don't know the circumstances with which you live. If you live with a, a wife, if he has a mom with you, if you're a single father, if you have to have this conversation with somebody and go like, let's make a change in what we're providing for him and what he has access to. And maybe that means we don't get to eat chips and mac and cheese and Chef Boyardee and stuff like that. And we don't even keep it out. And, you know, it's work. It's a lot of work because like cooking every day is hard. Packing him lunches every day is hard, but that might be what it takes. I would say without him feeling that he's done something wrong, like, you're overeating, so we can't have chips. That's not the right thing to do, um, I don't think. You're overeating, so you're, you know, X is off limits, but it's still here in the house. That, for me, was my downfall because I would just start sneaking it and created a bad relationship with my parents where I was lying to them. That's my suggestion. I, it, it is, it's an awful suggestion because it really is a lot of work for you to do. And it's a lot of work to do that's going to be frustrating at times that I also, my recommendation suggests that you don't even let him know that you're doing it. You know, just slowly move the highly palatable food out of your house and slowly move the more nutrient dense food in that maybe is less palatable. And I'm not saying to like make his food taste bad so he doesn't want to eat it, but like serve the kid broccoli and chicken and some rice and don't cover the rice in fat and see how much he's going to eat. You know, don't make the rice super, don't pour ter sweet, sugary teriyaki sauce on it. How much of that meal is he going to overeat? That's, that's my suggestion. Yeah. Such good advice. You're coming from experience. Cameron, as a parent, I totally get it. It's don't feel like a failure because parenting is not easy. So just that you're aware of it and you want to do something is so awesome. So I admire you as a, as a fellow parent. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it all has to be organic and grass fed and you don't have to go to Whole Foods. You can go to, you can get tons of, this is not mean it has to be at some great expense. Um, you can eat this way 
uh, for less money than you spend on something like fast food. Truly, like there's been a lot of uh, evidence. You can get frozen vegetables in big five pound bags. You can get chicken breasts for not that much money. You can get lean ground beef at every supermarket just about in America. You know, there are ways to do this. You can, you can do this. A gigantic 20 pound bag of rice at the Asian soup, at the Asian grocery store is not that expensive. And then you make your rice. You could make a week's worth of rice in a day. And I promise you rice on its own without the addition of fat or sugar is not, is not something that any nine-year-old I've ever met is going to overeat. Yeah. So true. Awesome. Well, thank you for your question, Cameron. And to anybody out there who has a question, you know what? You can email us with it. It's hello at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.